Michelle and welcome to Catnip and Chill. This is part two of our self-care episode. Part one was posted last week, so if you haven't checked that out, be sure to do so. Otherwise, stay tuned and enjoy. Bye. Work is very important. It's finding that other source besides family and work family that you can go to to express yourself and really feel fulfilled. Because if you don't have those things, you can definitely feel less than. And I think social media pretends to create these communities, but it's hard because you don't know these people that are following you. You can have, I don't know, 1.5K followers, but all their thousand followers. <laughs> you can have unknown random people following you, but they're not your real friends. That's not a real community. That's just people. No, I would say that you can make good long-lasting friendships on the internet. I mean, there's internet dating. Lots of people meet their spouses on the internet, you know? It's yeah, just a different way to meet people. I have no idea how to meet people in real life. I don't have a lot of friends outside of people that I would end up working with. I have no idea how to be social because I'm very shy and very introverted. If I have a way to communicate with people on the internet, mm. it's easier for me because I am so shy and you, my, my mom met her fiance on a dating app. Sheena, I'm not even kidding you, like a religious dating app. But there can be negative <laughs> side effects. For example, if you're oh, posting yeah, online, there definitely people, is. People can either love you or hate you and tear you down. Yeah. And reading those negative comments can also be as addicting as getting the high from the positives. And sometimes the, the negatives will linger with you most and you become obsessed. And then you start comparing yourself to other people on social media and you're seeing their highlight reels. And you're thinking my life sucks because look at this person, like nice body. They're at the beach. They're here. I'm working. I'm killing myself. So this is what I'm saying. Like social media has its good parts and its bad parts, but it's better to have a community outside of that that you can rely upon. That's kind of based in the real world because that's something more attainable and realistic than what you see online. Because everybody online is posting the best version of themselves. Right. Um, but you so- can use the internet to get to that real world aspect. Just be safe about it. everyone. Yeah. Like you can find a community of people that love board games in your neighborhood and do meetups and stuff. Just, oh my God, just be careful with people that you meet up on the internet, for goodness sakes. There's a lot of weirdos out there. But also we are looking for friends too. So if you want to be our friends on the internet, Catnip and Chill Pod on Instagram and TikTok, because, you know, we want to hang out. We want to be friends. Carry on. And then there are, there are pros and cons to social media and having a good social self-care life. It's just you being cognizant of how much time you're spending on apps and the social apps and how much time you're spending in the real world and what is fulfilling you more. Because if you're constantly on social media, but you're unhappy, then maybe that's a wake up call to say, Hey, maybe I need to decrease my social media time and Mm -hmm. start connecting people in real life. Maybe go take a class and like floral arrangements and meet people in real life or Take your first pottery class. I would love to take a pottery class. I find There's it. a pottery place nearby. We should investigate it. I, I want to play with mud. Let's go. And there's um, a board game cafe near me as well that I just found out about too. Look at me. I'm on my phone checking the internet. <laughs> we are looking for real world. You're looking for real world things to do. So that's oh, I went. I went on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, one social thing I do want to do, and I have a problem. <laughs> I want to go to a cat cafe because I love cats. Oh. I can't get the fur balls um I cats i need to see more cats <laughs> need to see more cats this is my addiction um 
So doing these things is very important. So finding a community, finding a group is very important. Again, if you're a cat person, find the cat community, hang with the cat community. If you're a dog person, go find your dog people. Cause I tell you in New York city, there is a doodle council out there There's a doodle meetup. on Sundays meeting in person with all these doodles in Washington square park. And I'm like, absolutely not. I Have would you not seen pictures from the great Dane meetup on Sundays in central park. Yo, <laughs> it's like horses running in the field. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to go people, they're out there and you can find them in per in person in a safe environment where you can interact um, again, if you're meeting anybody from online, never do it alone. Just putting it out there. Don't do it by yourself. Always bring first. a buddy, share your locations, do whatever you got to do. Let people know that you're out there somewhere. Yeah. My yeah. dog got invited on a play date today. Oh, there's like a dog around the corner and they remembered us with our other dog and they, our dogs met and she's like, Oh, if your dog ever wants to come over for a play date, my dog would love it. I was like, Oh my God, my dog's making friends before I am, <laughs> but it was very See, there's a dog community in my neighborhood. So here we are. My dog's making me more social. See, as a cat person, I'm like, bye. But that's also something to work on. Um, Obviously, this kind of like bleeds in a little bit to the professional self-care aspect. I think professional self-care kind of goes hand in hand with emotional self-care because professionally, you can feel frustrated and have all these things um, that can also contribute to the emotional self-care. I feel like go together. So some of the things that are very important with professional self-care is sharing your strengths and gifts and having clear professional boundaries. Again, if you were hired to do a certain job and you find that your manager's like, oh, hey, Hilda, can you also, you know, maybe do this spreadsheet? And um, by the way, can you write up, just draft up this letter for me? And oh, can you pick up my dry cleaning? (laughs) Pick this up and just adding more stuff to your list when that's not part of your um, job description. That's not only abusive, that's like, no, you got to set boundaries. You got to say, I'm sorry, sir, but my job is to just put in the data and that's it and not do X, Y, Z, especially if it's something that's not a part of your job description. Setting those boundaries just because you work in a facility doesn't mean you have to say yes to everything they tell you to do. Um, Having clear professional boundaries also falls in line with making sure you're getting lunch. So sometimes we can get busy, especially in the medical field. <laughs> What's a lunch? <laughs> and you're like, you, let's say you do get a lunch, but most of us are trained to woof it down and then get right back on the floor. That's not healthy. It's not healthy to inhale your food like Kirby and go right back to work. Cause then again, you're not nutritionally, you're not fulfilling your body because your body doesn't even know you've even eaten food. That's how fast you've consumed it. You haven't even chewed that food to a significant amount. So your body can start processing it for energy. You're going to start to feel sluggish because your body has to work double time to break it down, to give you nourishment. And you're going to end up being hungry again, unfulfilled. You didn't take that time to mentally just decompress and relax. So definitely having that boundary saying like, no, I'm going to take my 30 minutes. You know, do not bother me for those 30 minutes. I'm not on the clock. I'm not here. And you take your time for yourself. You eat that food for 30 minutes or an hour if you're lucky to get an hour lunch break, read a book on your lunch break, whatever you want to do, take a nap. That's your time and you're allowed that. Um, negotiating what you need. If you find that you are overwhelmed right now, uh, I think the job market, a lot of people are leaving. I think right now, a lot of teachers are leaving the field. They're like the second people to leave after nurses. Um, so you might find yourself short staffed and you're taking on a lot more work than you're used to. And I think it's okay to say, hey, I can't, 
handle this workload, we need to like disperse this or, you know, hire someone else. You can, you can say that because it's not fair to you to work yourself to death. So having those negotiations saying, can you help me with this? Can we you know, negotiate that? You know, doing those things. And also that also goes with negotiating pay. So if you haven't gotten a raise in a while, bringing that up, say, Hey, I'm doing more work. I need to get financially compensated for that. Um, don't be scared to voice up something for yourself and protect yourself in those ways. Um, having more uh, what's that? knowing your role and responsibilities is very important too. So again, if you know your job description and you see you're doing more stuff outside of that, you need to have a conversation with your manager and say, I can't continue to do this long-term. You need to hire someone for this role or something needs to change. Pay me more. <laughs> Pay me more, take it away or whatever. Cause it all, it all trickles down. If something is affecting you in one state of mind, if something's affecting you physically, it's going to affect you psychologically. It's going to affect you emotionally. It's going to affect you socially. And before you know it, you're just going to be miserable. So doing these things is like having a checks and balances. Maybe you want to write down these pillars and just see where you need to focus your attention more. And then you can fix the other ones along the way. And most of the time, I think everybody can say right now, the pandemic, and I think work has gotten everybody kind of over it because this full-time thing is killing people. Um, and they don't have time for themselves, especially if you're a parent nowadays. So definitely look into that. Um, oh, I can't even imagine like having to manage work and then like your kids are at home because they can't go to school and like, have- or you have to call out of work because you have COVID now and then you have to stay home with your kids because the school closed for some reason. So it's very frustrating, right? Like Chicago schools are closed because the teachers are negotiating like safer protocols um, so these kids aren't in school. They're not learning things. And where are these kids during the day when their parents have to work now? It's like day four in a row where they're like at home. It's, just, it's frustrating. And I think a lot of employers really have to like step up and be more understanding of things. Like they do. And I feel like things need to change. There's a lot of things that need to change socially in society to support each other in a more healthier way to sustain not only the, the economy, but the people that support the economy. <clears throat> Another important thing Listen, is bosses need employees more than we need bosses. And there's a lot more of us than there are bosses and CEOs and stuff. So mm-hmm. the, the middle-class normal people can rise up. Let's do it. <laughs> it's already happening. It's happening. Companies throwing perks and things left and right now just to keep people happy so they don't like quit and go somewhere else where there's a better work-life balance and things like that which finally especially because there's this whole thing this generational thing with like boomers like uh pull yourself from pull yourself up with your bootstraps or you know you just need to work really hard why don't you have a side hustle no nobody should have multiple jobs to afford like housing and food you should be able to get like a house or an apartment, be able to buy groceries, take care of yourself with one job, not like your full-time job and like two or three side hustles. No, that's dumb. I have a bachelor's degree. I shouldn't be getting paid minimum wage to do work. It doesn't make sense. I've seen internships. They're like, we we require a master's degree. What? Why? What? (laughs) For an internship, an unpaid internship? That is insanity to me. Change and it is completely unacceptable that you wouldn't pay someone with a master's degree. How are they supposed to pay their bills for that master's degree that they got? If you're not going to pay them, it doesn't make any sense. 
That's another thing that goes under the financial self-care pillar. If you find a job that's hiring and is willing to pay your student loans or a portion of it for you, take that. Because that'll also help you out with the financial stress component because that's definitely something that's being talked about heavily because Joe Biden promised it and he hasn't made good on it yet. And um, would definitely help, again, the middle class and lower class because we suffer the most from this debt crisis. Um, So... I'm with you on that because I am definitely in debt with a uh, school and I don't even have a master's. So boom. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely understand it's frustrating and people need to pay more. Although I did hear that um, McDonald's is hiring people and paying $31 an hour. But I don't know how real that is. That's what I heard. What? <laughs> Go flip and in some countries they pay them. Like I think in like Denmark, they pay them like something really outrageous. Like it's a living, super living, super livable wage. <laughs> I can't remember what country is a country in Europe and they, yeah, you could work at McDonald's 40 hours and have a good life, which should be it. Like that should be it just because you don't have an advanced degree or whatever. doesn't mean you don't deserve to have like stable housing, stable income. Like there's something on Twitter today about like red lobster. They don't offer their employees or like the majority of their employees don't have sick pay and like managers encourage people to come in if they're sick to serve food to people or they'll be like well find someone to cover your shift it's no that's not my responsibility the other frustrating thing too is i think they should abolish abolish, like pto because i feel like sick days need to be separate from your paid time off i don't agree with the policy that they can be lumped together and can be used for either or i don't think that's fair i I don't think that's right because if you work and busted your butt for the whole year and you were sick, maybe you got injured, you had to go to hospital, you were out for eight weeks. You shouldn't be able to have, you know, sick time off the pace for some of that and then still have time to, if you want to take a vacation, get paid for that. Cause like, I think it's not fair. That is definitely not fair. Those are, the, those two are separate issues or even having four days off for sick time. Like you're only allowed to be sick once every four months. Mm-hmm. No, that's not how things work. People get sick mm-hmm. or there's like another job I think I saw on Reddit where somebody was like, oh, can you donate your vacation days to this person who used up all their sick time? What? You can't borrow from someone else. It's crazy. No, first of all, no. That's not fair to this one person. Like, why? No. It was like somebody was like pregnant and they needed extra time off for maternity leave. And it's like, this is insanity that people have to donate or they have to donate because there was another case where some woman was getting like cancer treatment. She like used all her like vacation and sick day and they, and, but her fellow employees had to like donate their paid time off so she could have more time off to go to cancer treatment it's like the other thing i I don't agree with the whole like if you say you work the whole year you don't take a vacation and you're like oh your vacation does not roll over then they should pay you out for that if you don't use your vacation time in a year you should get a check says here your vacation time and then we start a new one for the next year some places do do that i've never worked at a place that did that they're just like okay bye yeah i think that's not fair that you it just like gets deleted and you have to start from zero again because you didn't use it that's not and then they like turn down your vacation requests yeah remember when i went to like new zealand and the manager was like uh well you can't take all this time off and i'm like you expect me to fly halfway around the world and be back in the seven days no and then they were like well this is an extra day off here and i was like yeah it's called like changing time zones. I'm not going to be a functioning human being. I have to get back adjusted to the time. I'm not coming in. 
this isn't a request at this point. Like if you don't give me this day off, I'm just going to call out. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not going to be able to make it in. I have flown 24 hours. It's not going to happen. Sorry. Like I, this is my vacation time. I'm giving you six months notice. It's abuse. I say, <sighs> whatever, moving on. Everything in the professional columns that just consider all these things is very important. Um, and very, these are all, you know, points of people that deal with. And I think it's like, should definitely be changed, you know, on a social aspect, but if, if it's something you can adjust for yourself and fight for, by all means do it. Um, another pillar to think about is your environment. So, I mean, I'm guilty of it. Sometimes when I'm really tired and busy, the dishes might pile up in the sink. And I'm like, I don't feel like doing them right now. I'm gonna leave it like that. Or maybe I didn't feel like take out the trash and whatnot. Having a dirty or cluttered environment doesn't help you mentally at all. It just makes it worse for you. It makes you feel less motivated to do something, lazy, and just don't want to put in the work to help yourself feel better. So taking care of your environment is very important. So being organized, having a well-maintained and clutter-free workspace at home is important, as well as at your business. Um, so if you have a, a desk and it's very cluttered, maybe clean it up a little bit so you can have a clearer mind at work. Um, and also, again, keeping your house clean as well. So making sure that there's not, you know, bits of laundry all over the floor. If you have a, a pet, you know, their litter box is getting cleaned, so that they're not, they don't have a dirty wheelie pad in the house. They don't have food everywhere. They're washing their bowls. Um, and you're just keeping the cl place clean because I think I read, it was like some quote that says like, a clean environment is a clean mind. And it's true. Like, I love having a clean workspace. I'm one of those Spanish people that cleans the whole house and lights the candle and I'm like Zen mode because I love it. I just feel like, oh, yes, everything's in its place and I can focus. Um, and it's easy to find stuff. So if you know you put something in one area all the time, you're going to find it a lot easier than if you just came home, shook everything off like a wet dog and you can't find anything anywhere. And you're like, where's my sock? Where's my thing? Where's my keys? I feel like for this one, it is super easy to just be like, well, just keep your house clean, whatever. If you are depressed, this can be something really hard to do. Um, as someone who got depressed, you lack the energy to do these sorts of things. Even taking a shower can be too much sometimes, but for that, if that's the situation, if you have like a mental health thing, even tidying a little bit, you know, maybe there's the day that you're just emotionally tired. You could fold up your clothes or make your bed for the day and then the next day you make your bed and maybe put a book or two away and you can take these things in little steps to declutter your environment like if you're depressed and your room is a complete disaster zone because you haven't picked up you've got bottles everywhere you've got cups that sit on your bed you know just one one project a day can be enough to make a little more of a change in your environment take all those cups down to the kitchen, throw those bottles away. And that could be it for the day. And doing your bed in the morning is something I learned is very important. It's funny, I learned it from, like I love the Try Guys and the things that they do. They came out with a book called The Art of Fucking Up. And in the first chapter, they talk about, there was a colonel that would make his bed every morning because he'd helped him set a state of mind to, to stay organized and to stay focused and to go throughout the day. So as long as he did that, that one routine of fixing his, his bed in the morning, it just set him up for like, just staying on task every day. 
And I'm a person that I didn't use to not do that, set up my bed in the morning, just leave it there. Cause I'm like, I was in that, you know, eat, treat, sleep, work lifestyle. So I was like, what's the point of making my bed when I'm going to take a shower, eat dinner, collapse and go to bed again. Yeah. But started doing my bed in the morning. It did click and change my mind and my mentality to be like, okay, I'm set for the day. I'm going to accomplish this one goal and stay on target. And it did change it for the benefit for me. So I agree. Making the bed was definitely a turning point for me. And it did encourage me to set other things up, kind of like a good domino effect. So if that's something you can do, even if you do have any other issues, like mental health issues, like if you have depression or and whatnot, doing one little thing can definitely make a difference because that changed it for me. I make my bed now too. And actually my cats prefer the bed being made and I make the bed now for the cats because they like to scurry on the flat, the flat duvet. So that's my reason for making my bed. It's solely for the cats. My bed too. Dobby likes to help me organize. They love new sheet day. They get in there. They're like, Oh my God, it's new sheets. Oh my God. They freak out. But yeah, I make my bed not for myself anymore, but for my cats. So you can find a reason to get up, make your bed. It could be for your dog or even your cat too. And then you're like, okay, I can make my bed. I can definitely do something else perhaps or not. It's really up to you one day at a time. But. Exactly. Um, and sometimes other things can be just recycling. So if you are a person who just throws all your garbage into one bag, it's definitely organizing your garbage, especially if you live in New York City and you live in an apartment building, it's important you have to follow the rules. So you do have strict recycling rules, even have now, I think, an organic trash can as well like so if you have anything that has like eggshells food um things that can be broken down biologically they have to have a separate container and I've always been a proponent of sorting out my garbage so in our house we have a recycling can we don't have an organic bag bag right now because that's something I feel like I just need to put it little by little outside because I can't keep something like that it'll get stinky in the house and I can't have it but we do definitely do recycling and regular garbage We've always done that. And that's something that I follow because it's something I feel like I can help the environment with, even though I know that we only like a portion of that really gets recycled, but still something but nothing. Um, so having something like that in your home is important. <clears throat> the other thing you can try as well is cleaning up after yourself after a meal. It's really easy to like eat in front of the TV, watch Netflix and just leave stuff on the coffee table. And then you get tired. You look, oh my God, it's 10 o'clock. I'm going to go to bed. And then you leave it out. Um, for me, it's not an option. I have cats. They'll eat the stuff that's on the countertops. Um, but you don't want to do that because if you live again in an apartment or something, that's going to attract roaches and so on and so forth. So it's just like being mindful as soon as you're done eating, put that thing in the sink, let it soak. And if you do dishes later, do it later. Um, if you have, if you want to pack up a lunch for the next day, maybe you want to, as soon as you're done eating dinner, pack up whatever you want for lunch from leftovers and put it away and put everything in the sink. Cause I'm guilty of not doing that sometimes. And I'm like, Oh, I gotta put the food away and I get really lazy. So changing that routine is very important. And then again, maintaining a clean and safe environment. You want the environment to always be clean and healthy. Like you don't want to leave food around for, cause it's going to attract, you know, vermin. You don't want to leave dirty clothes around. It's not healthy, especially now with the whole COVID thing. So usually when I come home, I usually just take my clothes off, take a shower, put everything away and do it that way. So, decrease the amount of contamination. Um, you don't have to be as crazy as I am, mm-hmm. but that's important to do. Um, and that's what she is very common in a traditional for Japanese people. When they come home, 
they take their shoes off before coming into the house. They literally have outside shoes and they have house slippers because they do not want to bring in any disgusting dirt from outside in the home. And that's something I do too. As soon as I get home, I take my sneakers off the front door and I don't tread anything from outside in because I don't want that scud from outside to come inside. So these are little things you could do that could benefit you in the long run. That you can try to change your environment. Do you do anything like that, Rochelle? Well, recycling in my neighborhood is really dumb. We don't do glass. We can only do plastics like one in five. It, recycling is very difficult in this neighborhood. Um, cardboard's picked up like every other day. So we always have like boxes like piling up in a corner and recycling happens maybe like once a week, they pick it up. It's just like really frustrating and they don't care if you sort it or anything. So I don't even believe they're being recycled, but we have to like bring our glass to like a glass dump site. It's just like really annoying, but we do it because we're trying to help the environment because it is, <laughs> we need to help the environment, but yeah, the recycling is a matter how frustrating it is. You should do it. It is important to do it. Um, I am notorious also for leaving cups, like glasses of water everywhere in my house. Um, but I'm Spanish. So that's to keep the spirits away. Mm-hmm. So that's my excuse for leaving glasses. And Michael gets mad at me all the time. But luckily for me, since I cook the dinners in this house, I don't have to clean up the food in the kitchen. That's his job to do that. That's our little compromise here. So I don't really have to worry about that, but I also don't like to leave things in the sink. So during the day, I usually put things in the dishwasher. Mike likes to let things pile up in the sink, but again, we've got the cat that like, he just digs around in the sink, tries to steal like the silicone can covers and like any food or snacks. I'm like, please just put things in the dishwasher (laughs) just to keep the sink empty and clean. So this cat doesn't eat something and end up in the hospital again. But like, you know, but these are things I'm it's still going to leave cups of water out though for me too like something that I also do for the environment in my in my own sake is I'm a person I love it to be neat clutter free everything has to have space in between it I like to, I love having natural light so with my windows I do have curtains but during the day I have the nation blinds so I let a lot of natural light in because I have to have that come in naturally I like to have living plants in the house because I feel like that's bringing nature in is very calming for me. So I like to have that in. Um, and then one of the other things I do too is usually have a pop of color or something in the room that inspires me and enriches me. So one at my bedroom, I have pops of um, peach or orange because I love orange and I'm attracted to it because it just gives me energy when I see it and makes me feel happy. <clears throat> I'm very attracted to mint right now. I don't know why. So mint is in my kitchen, that color. Um, and that gives me happiness and joy. Sometimes I put on aromatherapy because <clears throat> I like to have lavender to relax. I like to have peppermint if I'm working out because it gives me inspiration. Oh. I like to have a citrus smell. Yeah, peppermint um, extract is really good for working out. It, is, it gives you a boost and it gets you like into the mood. Um, it helps you relax a little bit too. And I love orange for the same thing. It gives you that, that boost of energy. Like, yes, that citrus smell really wakes me up, whether it's lemon or something. Hmm. So I do use that aromatherapy to kind of give you another boost environmentally to make myself feel happy and fulfilled in doing those things. And it kind of, all the things also pour over into um, the last one, which is like spiritual self-care, which doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you have to like go to church or worship any deity. 
it's just taking care of yourself on the inside. You basically, whatever's important to you and whatever guides you in your life. So if you're a person to me, like sometimes I feel like maybe I am deeply like in a spiritual sense, I feel like, um, I'm not quite Buddhist, but I am like, oh my God, things like the Japanese have those things. Like their form of spiritualism, which I'm going to get wrong. Basically, I believe everything has a spirit. I believe like trees have a spirit, rocks have a spirit, you know, animals have a spirit. There's an energy to the world. So I respect everything. So I make sure I respect the grass that I walk on. I don't like to litter. <clears throat> I, I would never carve into a tree because I feel like a tree can feel that. Yeah. Um, I don't like harm living things. Yeah, some things scare me. Like I'm terrified of like centipedes and house centipedes and ooh, creepy things. But yeah, they're creepy, but I tell my husband to handle that for me because I'm like, ew. Um, I, I'm scared of spiders. I don't like spiders, but I will not kill them because that's bad luck in our culture. They need to do their business and I respect them. Um, <clears throat> so I, that's how I am spiritually. So when I think I need something spiritually, I have to like either go outside on a nice day, put out a picnic blanket and just lay there and listen to the wind go through the trees, the birds chirping and the sun on my face. That to me is spiritual work. It's just being one and connecting with the earth and just being on this planet and just meditating in that way. And that's spiritual healing to myself. And I'm not saying like, I'm not spiritual. Like I do believe there's a God and all this stuff like that, but I don't believe he's vengeful. I don't believe there's like punishment, heaven or hell. I just feel like, you know, make our choices in this, this world and do the best we can. But I believe more like respecting each other, loving each other and just getting through this life together as peacefully as possible. Um, but if spirituality means religion to you, then by all means do religion. Um, but basically spiritual self-care has to deal with, you know, pursuing a noble goal or a practice that supports your spiritual awareness in life. And you can do that by meditating, creating a reflecting journal. You can volunteer. I volunteered last year for Arbor Day to plant um, 100 trees in my local forest park. And it felt good. I, I loved holding the baby trees in my hand, putting that shovel in the ground and hearing that make that hole and planting it. And then I visited, I think about four months later, and I saw how big they got. And I just felt like, wow, I did this. And I saw the difference too, because the ground was so bare. And now these trees had grown. I saw how the grass and all the little smaller plants came back and the path looks more together and neat. And it's like, wow, I really helped this land, this environment. I, could, I created more, a better home for the urban creatures in there and maybe connect with the earth. So volunteering and being out there was wonderful and that's something you can definitely do your there's plenty of those out there um especially you live in urban neighborhoods they have a lot of free events you can sign up for you can plant like bulbs or pick up litter or um <clears throat> painting a new fence things to like improve your community which can give you fulfillment and that can help you spiritually you've done something good you can go on a retreat again if you want to do a religious retreat and you need that religion connection they have those if you just want to go on a retreat for yourself and disconnect from technology and just say hey I'm not looking at my phone this whole weekend. I'm just gonna go out in nature, go hiking and enjoy this moment for myself and not put it online. That's a retreat for yourself and for your mind. That's great. And going for a walk in nature is great too. Obviously, I recommend doing it safely. Currently reading a book about animal and human interactions. It's 
it's like reading a thousand ways to die. So do <laughs> be safe if you're hiking somewhere, if you know there's mountain liger, lions, cougars, um, wolves, <laughs> bears, be safe. <laughs> uh, snakes, depending on whatever region you're in, just make sure you don't come across those things, enjoy nature, but just don't die by nature. Because <clears throat> reading that book, I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> when I went, you scary. It is scary because I mean, I mean, I read a parts of the book, which we're going to talk about, you know, next month. And my husband and I went to go see the uh, Grand Canyon and didn't, it did not cross my mind to read up on wildlife. I could engage out there. I mean, I didn't know there was mountain lions, but <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, sure. Mountain lions, whatever. And <clears throat> side note, my husband and I parked the car in this little parking area and it said, oh, you know, walk up a uh, half mile and you're going to meet a trail. So yeah, let's go on the trail. Let's go do that. So we didn't find a trail after walking half a mile. So we're like, you know what? Forget it. Let's just go back to the car and we'll drive to a lookout point and just go from there. Walking back to the car, what should run across the road, but a mountain lion, right where we had parked the car. So that means that technically that mountain lion was probably within pouncing distance of us had we, as we got out of the car, meaning that we could have been mauled to death if he wished to kill us, this young mountain lion. So <laughs> Enjoy nature, but do it safely. Read ahead, know what's in your area, and be safe. Luckily, we were safe. No animal, nor we were hurt. But yeah, be safe. This is a side note. But again, yeah. enjoy yourself, nature, but respect it and understand what you're walking into. That's their home, not yours. Side note. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. I mean, my my dog almost got attacked by a swan at the park nearby. <laughs> Listen, giant birds are no joke to be perfectly honest with you. That, uh, that swan was coming for us, but again, that swan was taking care of its little baby swans and my mm -hmm. dog is blind and didn't see him coming. So it's really my dog's fault, really my blind dog's fault, <laughs> but yeah, I, spiritual self-care. I'm not really, I'm not spiritual at all. I just, I just, you know, I try not to be awful. I don't know. In my everyday, I try not to be too awful. Uh, volunteering, I did a service trip one year for spay neuter clinics in Ecuador. It was free clinics for this, you know, community. It was nice. We did 120 surgeries and prevented many future litters. So that was very rewarding. This care was the only option available for them. So mm -hmm. very helpful for them because they love their pets. You know, I just, I like to get out in nature also for spiritual self-care. I have a backyard, I'm very lucky. And I will just lay out there on my picnic blanket, just listen to the wind and the trees like you do. Listen to the birds. We feed the birds in my yard as well. So I get to watch all the different bird species come by. My cats enjoy it too. They really enjoy it. And they, they chatter at the birds, which is adorable, but I don't, <laughs> I'm not very spiritual. I don't know. This is something I guess I could work on. I don't know. I think it's important to connect with nature. Again, spirituality doesn't have to necessarily equate to religion. It's just to equate with whatever fulfills you spiritually that makes you feel happy and connected with where you're at. And for me, it was going on that journey. And it started with Arbor Day and planting those trees. And I'm reading a book by Jane Goodall called Seeds of Hope in which she was talking about, you know, you can join these programs. Like she has like a shoots and roots um, organization that works with urban 
cities to help children learn how to plant and grow trees and create gar community gardens. And that inspired me to work on this small garden in front of my house in which I used to feed the birds but then I had to stop feeding the birds because the sparrows were enjoying it but so were the pigeons that came out of nowhere and they started dropping feces everywhere. So then I got the boot on that. But <laughs> I still planted flowers and stuff, which the birds also enjoyed because that brought in more worms for them to eat in the morning. So it's me giving back to society and also giving back to my community because my, my neighbors loved looking at the garden and it provided something for them to connect again with nature. Because to me, nature is very healing and it can heal us in so many ways. And it also inspired some of my neighbors to work on the other um, dirt plots on this block and be more cognizant of picking up the litter they saw floating on the street and planting flowers of their own. And I feel like I was a little part of that. I'm not saying I changed everything, but I helped in that way. And that fulfilled me spiritually because I brought something to my community as well as helping the environment. So sometimes it's the little things that you do for yourself can have a ripple effect in a positive way. And it comes back and fulfills you in other ways too. So discovering the parts of self-care that you want to work on can not only like give you something, but also give something back in return, which is a nice ebb and flow of like giving and taking from each other, which is very natural. There's always going to be that yin and yang. So I like that flow. Not to sound so boho. Hippie, <laughs> <laughs> hippie. Wow, we got through the whole list. We did. Eight pillars. This is a long list. <laughs> I have to say, I didn't realize there were so many things about self-care besides like face masks. <laughs> because I think when everybody, when you think of self-care, everybody was literally saying like, I'm going to eat my tub of ice cream self-care. Like, that's not it. Like, it's wear not a face it. mask and take a bubble bath, which yeah. I do like taking a bubble bath. But it's more than that. It's changing something yourself. And I read a, like when I was reading that book about self-care by this um, lady whose name I forget, um, she was saying how she did dry January and that had benefits for her because women are supposed to be drinking about five ounces of alcohol. Um, I think like per week or something like that, like a really small amount. And the majority of us drink a lot more than that in a glass and it can have detrimental effects, especially for women. Like it can affect your sleep habits. It can affect your mood. So if you're a person who suffers from depression and you're drinking alcohol, it's going to make your depression worse. If you're a person, um, if you're a woman, especially, it can cause an increase in cancer, especially breast cancer in women. Um, it can have a lot of negative effects. So knowing what you're consuming and how much you're consuming is very important. The same way that salt can give you high blood pressure and stuff like that, alcohol has its negative effects too. I mean, alcohol is actually a poison. It is a poison because your body has to detox it. As it's much an legal as poison. Like when your body breaks down alcohol, it makes all these like terrible byproducts from it. Yeah. And it, it can also have negative side effects for men as well for drinking too much. I think it like they mentioned some like it can affect like their fertility um, for some men as well. Mm -hmm. So knowing what you're putting into your body, it's that whole concept like your body is your temple. Know what's going inside of it because it's going to have effects on you. And if you're when you're young in your twenties, you're not going to feel it because your body's able to bounce back. And you know, but as you get older, things break down. And I can say that once I hit my thirties. I started feeling like the, oh, these knees, oh, my back, oh, this, and like <laughs> my body wasn't bouncing back like it was. So I have to respect it. If I'm going to want to look like J-Lo when I'm 50, got to start taking care of myself now. Listen, J-Lo looks like that because she's rich. She's got access to everything. Allegedly, she got Botox, allegedly. 
Listen, there's nothing wrong with getting Botox and stuff, but listen, you're not ugly. You're not, it's because you're poor. All right. Celebrities look good because they're rich. They can yeah. afford dietitian, estheticians, plastic surgery, personal trainers. I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> I know. The, the, a poor person. Speaking of social media, <laughs> the biggest thing on social media right now is the Chrissy Teigen phenomenon. Have you heard? What? Basically, he recently had cosmetic surgery done in which she removed some cheek fat and got some fillers and whatnot. And so essentially she looks like Khloe Kardashian what? and people coming for her on the internet saying like, so you went to the same surgeon as Khloe Kardashian because you look like Khloe Kardashian. Look up the image. Hold on a second. I follow Chrissy Teigen. Now I know that she's canceled, but like I follow Chrissy Teigen. How do I do? Chrissy. I can't. I look. Okay. First of all, she does. <laughs> this picture was from four days ago. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. I can see that she looks a little more like Khloe Kardashian. You know who looks like Khloe Kardashian? Tori Spelling. But she's had some work done where she really has taken in that aesthetic for Kardashian body image which i also hear that the bbl is coming out of fashion mm. yeah so having a big butt it's like they're trying to get smaller butts now and i said i can't wait till my flat butt is back in style again <laughs> on trend oh gosh but i mean whatever <laughs> listen just, just be happy with the way you look try to be happy and don't let people <sighs> Silly social media gossip is my self-care <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I love being on social media. If you want to find us on social media mm-hmm. and totally do that, we are on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, mm, Twitter, not so much, but um, we are on Instagram at catnip and chill pod, as well as on TikTok at catnip and chill pod too. And you can email us catnip and chill pod at gmail.com if you want to talk to us um we'll be our friends we're always looking for friends mm-hmm. friends on the internet and if you guys have a topic you really want us to investigate or discuss on any future episodes feel free to like send us a dm or um email us and just let us know we're more than happy to look into it we're definitely curious about certain things and want to look into things because we like to be that aspect of our self-care that psychological aspect we like to investigate learn engage and do new things and hopefully we're hoping that 2022 has better things to come in the future um there may be some hiccups early on the year but i feel like the rest of the year will be good and i'm hoping to do more excursions like there's some things i want to see and do and share with you guys online i mean i was able to do a little um light show thing with my husband that i share a little bit of online but other things that I do in the city or things that we find interesting, we definitely want to share with you guys. So things are definitely in the works and we're still doing kind of a book club thing here as well. So we're going to talk about certain books. So if you're going to tune in next week, we are going to discuss this book that I found interesting, especially for my feminist girls out there called the pain gap. Um, And this book is basically about how the medical field ignores women and doesn't acknowledge our pain and especially the minority group. So African-American women and Latino women and um, other Brown women who are neglected in the medical field and how this has been ongoing and how we need to come together, not only to learn about these things, because I was 
obviously ignorant of these things, but to cause change for the good. You know, sometimes people hear that word feminism and they think, oh God, she just hates men. Like, it's not about that. It's more about fighting for the rights of women that we didn't have for a long time. So it's, these are things that are very important that can have effects on all of us. And we may not feel at the moment, but there's a story from a woman out there that has gotten some kind of like negative push from medical field because she's a woman, regardless of her gender. Um, and being disregarded is very important because we're like cats. <laughs> if we're sick, we're not going to necessarily show it to really feel it. Um, and where we're sick, because like, oh, you're fine. You can handle it. Yeah. And then we know we're not fine. <clears throat> so we'll definitely talk about that next week. But if you guys definitely want to read that, that is The Pain Gap um, by, let me see what, pull her name up so I don't mess it up. So if you guys want to read it, you can get it online, get the book version. I'm going to murder this name. I apologize. <laughs> Anushe Husan. So it's N, it's A-N-U-S-H-A-Y. Last name Hossein, H-O-S-S-A-I-N. It's a really, to me, it's an easy read. It's very interesting to read um, The Pain Gap. And if not, you can always check our social media account. We're going to have some spotlights some certain things I took out of the book that I found very interesting to share with you guys. And hopefully that will make you guys want to like investigate and learn further and, um, you know, learn more and just open your mind to something new. Something you might have been blinded to before because it definitely was ignorant and no longer ignorant. I'm happy that I'm not ignorant anymore. Trishelle knew about this already because obviously you know everything. <laughs> You're always on the internet. <laughs> no, I, I read a lot of medical history books and for fun, like nonfiction. And there's always like little bits and pieces about like, women in like women's health and how we were treated. And this goes back to like when modern medicine is really starting to happen kind of appalling some of the stories that you read in these these history books and it's just like oh my god it's definitely alarming I mean even there was a podcast I listened to like a year ago it's like not even a health podcast it's just a woman was telling her story about how she was afraid of birth and how she was worried that she was gonna like die and everyone's like no you're fine you're fine whatever like they were just dismissive of her concerns it turns out she ended up having like this horrible thing happen to her but yeah, like even as recently as this podcast and she gave birth only like not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Just like, no, you're fine, whatever. <laughs> it is alarming and sad. And luckily people are bringing it to the forefront now, which is good. Thank God it needs to be brought up. But um, so if you definitely want to inspire yourself and work on that psychological aspect of your self-care, definitely pick up this book. Um, if you're interested, if that's something you're not interested in, totally understand you can go ahead and work on the other pillars so maybe creative create something new uh try something new learn something new um say no create boundaries um go spend time in nature go for a walk um have sex if you're not having enough of it you know do those things to fulfill yourself and make sure you're taking care of yourself inside and out um in every way Uh, because it's important you only have one you and you know what you need and you got to take care of yourself, especially nowadays. This world is a crazy place. Um, if you, you know, take it from two girls who, what, changed our lives <laughs> two months ago. Quit my job. We had enough. We had enough. Quit my job. And that's what I'm going to work on is trying to find my dream job. I just don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> okay. I don't know. 
changing your life and trying to see what you're going to do in your second act, totally okay. How does nope. one change your career? I have no idea. <laughs> I also don't know what to do with myself. So we're going to figure it out one step at a time. Exactly. Well, thank you guys for joining us on this podcast. Hopefully you learned something new. Hopefully you wrote down some of the pillars. If not, check out our social media account. We're going to post the pillars again as a reminder with some examples. Um, and just feel free to DM us or ask us any questions you want, you're not quite sure of. More than happy to chat with you guys online. Hope to uh, hear from you guys online. And hope you guys take care of yourselves and happy self-care. Enjoy. Do your self-care and don't forget to like and subscribe and review. Um, yeah. See you next week. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye.